welcome to the conversation. <laughs> That's Les McCurdy uh, with McCurdy's Comedy Theater. We're in the green room. Uh, and this, again, is our podcast, The Conversation, which is, as much as we can, the natural conversation that the comics have in the green room during the show. There'll be a show going on, and uh, and there you go. As much as we can keep it natural with mics in front of our face. Yeah. And uh, Mike's here. Say hello, Mike. What's always up? I'm our the producer. producer. And uh, Bull, who uh, is uh, our feature act and joins us quite often and was on our first podcast. I believe it was the first one, yeah. That's right. So it was uh, me and uh, Eric Meyer. Oh, that's right. That was great. It was Eric. That was so funny because Eric kept going to the other side of the room and yelling at us. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much. His voice carries. <laughs> but we were just talking about the fact that tonight there's a fundraiser, uh, which is Good Samaritan here in town, which is a faith-based non-for-profit that works with the blind. If you're blind and you don't have money, uh, wherewithal oh. insurance, you can go to them and they will get you everything you need, give you counseling, tr- get you help and trained and get your house reset up and for for uh, because we were just saying that most people don't go blind overnight you know as a general rule it's blindness is something that you you find out you're going blind like daryl lennox who was in here just a few weeks ago you know and you know daryl's been gradually going blind for years and uh, he i thought he was always going to be able to keep part of his eyesight and he said, no, he's found out that, that it's all going to go He eventually. even went through a surgery in, uh, yes. in uh, Canada, right? Yes, he went through two surgeries, I believe. Went two separate surgeries. Because uh, he used to do, uh, that was part of his uh, uh, special that was on the Stars Network called Blind Ambition Tour. Was he talked about how he became blind, and then, uh, which was he got in a fight. He, he was being a jerk, and a guy punched him. And uh, kind of his own fault, and he got, and it was, a, I believe, an att- detached retina. Detached retina. And he didn't, he didn't go in soon enough, he, uh, because you know he didn't think it was anything. Oh my gosh! And I had no idea. So then, by the time he went in, there was already irreparable damage. Damn. That's and uh, so one thing led to another with that, with Daryl, and then, and then he does. Uh, it's very funny the whole thing. He makes it hilarious about that how he went blind and then how uh the the uh he decided whether to get the work done in canada or in in the states uh in new york and uh i think the big thing was was that in canada the the doctor did some stuff for him and it was like okay when it came to pay the doctor in canada was like don't worry about it we you know we'll work it out we'll send Mm -hmm. you we'll send you the bill you know it's like don't worry about it it goes. Yeah. You don't hear those words in the United States. No. Don't worry. Don't worry no, about. In America, it. you hear prepaid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we got them tonight. So uh, I think we're supposed to work on the clean side this evening, which oh, you, okay. you generally do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I guess I need to know certain parameters, though. I guess I don't curse on stage. Yeah. But I mean, I've got some adult humor that I. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to be squeaky. I'll run it by Pam again just to make sure on my end. But I think I think I think if, you know we just keep away from you know fuck cocksucker pussy. Yeah. Uh, I don't say any of that anyways. You know, at least not on stage. And, and not in that order either. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> we'll just get it out in this podcast. We'll just yeah say all the rough yeah. shit here. So. Yeah. Well, Les has already said all of that more than I've said in the past ten years. There you go. So, so yeah, I, I I know your show, and I think it's pretty much you know do your okay. show. You know, I mean, 
Uh, hey, Les, will you move this pop filter up a little bit? Move it up? Yeah, just just that. There you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Am I popping? Yeah, just a little bit. All right. There we go. My little windscreen in front of the mic. Yeah, this whole setup looks completely different from the last time when... Yeah, when we had everything in the middle of the room. Yeah, right? it was a real pain in the ass because he yeah. couldn't move. Yeah. Was there a table or something in the middle? No, this right? was actually just moved to there. That was, okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and all the mics were hooked into the yeah. middle going it, out. Yeah. Now, you have all these mics, but what is that sticking out of the end of the... Uh, the, this? That, no, yeah, that piece right there, is that another mic? It's a directional mic, so it picks up the whole room. Basically. Oh, I got you. So, so the, that's the one that was picking up uh, Eric and the, Meyer. And the problem was, <laughs> the yeah. first episode of the podcast, this actually takes up like two inputs, and I didn't know that, so I actually had the, the mics plugged in wrong, so we were basically on speakerphone like for most of the like 30 minutes of the very first podcast, so wow. it sounded a little oh, weird, and then I fixed it, but yeah, it was a, I gotcha. a little right. learning curve real quick on the fly. And when Daryl was in here, he was talking about just, you know, because, uh, you know, he's he's working, he's getting investors and everything, he's been working on for years in uh, getting a group of investors involved to acquire Yuck Yucks up there, yeah. you know, and that's been going on for, I don't know, two or three years yeah, I or thought something. that was already, I thought he had already gone through the ground level of that. Uh it, it just, it hasn't happened, happened yet, you know, to my knowledge, he was yeah. just here, um, you know, but he's still very positive that it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, I did a, I did a show over at, um, Bob's room and there was a bunch of investors that just happened to be in the area and they came in and they were watching the show there and, um, Bob had lined up a series of pro comics to come in and do just a shotgun boom 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 and they ran probably about 20 comics through there and these people were able to see you know a bunch of comics and every one of them left impressed so um was that for to buy bobby's club or no, was no, that no, for no. daryl yeah it was for daryl it was all Got completely it. for daryl they were just i guess on vacation here. oh bob shoemakers yes yeah. shoemakers room okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. so um they were just on vacation here so um daryl had them come in and there was a bunch of people came in, and that's from what I understand, that's what they were. They were a bunch of investors, right? And they they were there to see what the comedy looked right. like and how it worked out. Well, you know, one of the things that he's been talking about as a selling point is that not not only the money you create inside the walls, but we're but the fact that a comedy club is con in any performance venue is constantly producing uh, uh, content. And, and, and so get it outside your walls, mm -hmm. you know, and so like what we're doing right now. And uh, so he was, he was interesting. He, he was like, he's like, you know what, Les? He goes, you know, don't just do one podcast. Do one that's at the bar and you set up mics and to where the customers can come up and be on mic and your bartenders are on mic and your service bar is on mic and wow. maybe do one in the kitchen, you know. Hey, Nancy. Hi, guys. But anyway, so we're kind of we're getting ready to launch one that's our servers uh, on Sunday. They all sit in here to check out anyway, and they all it's it's the weekly bitch session with your server. <laughs> they call it shit show Sunday, and uh, you know where they sit and just you know do talk about what servers talk about for the week. Yeah. So they're going to do that. So Nan Nancy Norton just showed up. Say hello, Nancy. Hi. They're, they're, see, very distinctive that. That's her and not us. Yeah. Um, so we, she just showed up for the podcast. I'm not late, am I? No. I thought fine. it was 6:45. You were fine. 
we just right on time. Yeah, made me nervous. Yeah, once we get once we get a comic in here and we sit here and start BS and we realize roll it because that's oh, what we're, we're, that's what we're doing anyway. We're just yeah, we're just talking. Oh, this isn't even yeah, this isn't even a podcast. I'm sorry, I spoiled it. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. took the mystery right out of it's it. Just a conversation. <laughs> yeah. So we're just saying uh, 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 that I don't know. Pam told you, you know, we got a fundraiser. Maybe a third of the crowd, it looks like. Something like that. Oh, there Ma- she is. Pam. Hi, Pam. Hey, Hi, Nancy. come here. I saw you win in judging. Thank you and so much. You number one. Thank you for putting me number one. You made my whole career. Wow. Seriously, 30 years. I've been doing this 30 do years. It was nice to get that validation. Yeah. You know, it really meant a lot to me you inside and out. You did. Thank you so much. Good so. Good Samaritan out there. How clean should we work tonight? Just normal, kind of clean, not squeaky, the right? The church people. Oh, He's maybe a okay. Based counseling. All right. But it's like um, a third of the crowd. Uh, I would say it's a half the crowd. Half the crowd. Yeah, there's 120 yeah. people out there. We have 240 reservations, but the other 120 prob- are, you know, may or may not be here. Right, so right. They're going to be half the crowd at least. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I was telling Bull. It's like, well, he doesn't use any profanity anyway. I, I don't, I don't and, curse, but I mean, I would have to leave out the um, vasectomy bit, the. Uh, no, 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 bit. no, nah, no. That's all fine. You're sure. Yep, yep. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff's okay. You know, I, I mean, that's not. You gross. just greenlit them. Like, I, think, no. I think this is a good talk for Nance because yeah, I can, I can work. You there just, wasn't anything you PG did last said, night oh, that you well, couldn't do tonight. Uh, well. What? I, you know, I, I think I had some gratuitous F-bombs out there. Well, you had a couple of They're fun for me. I'll just drop the. I don't need them. Yeah, yeah. I don't that's need them. It's me a cr- too. It's a crutch. <laughs> yeah, I'll lay, I'll lay off that. Night. What's your name? I'm Mike Stevens. Mike Stevens. You were so funny. I saw you oh. at the open mic. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I, I was walking through when you were on. I, oh, okay. I, you, get, you made me pause. I waited till that's, you were finished. <laughs> no. Good you made me pause. <laughs> Mike, it was hilarious. That was a tough crowd, dude. I don't Bye, know. Hi, Pam. Oh, really? You were killing it. Everybody else before me was just eating it, including the host and everything. No, you had us. I thought. I loved it. Nice. Anyway, that's my feedback. That's Thank my you. genuine, authentic feedback. That's all I got. That's all right. That's all I got is authentic feedback. So, wait, the, the Samaritan thing, faith-based. Faith-based. On uh, helping the blind. So, if you're oh. blind, you have no money, oh. blah, 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 you go to them. Oh, if they you're a blind you. Christian, you come see us. That's right. So... <laughs> I'm go. blind in one eye and Christian in the other. There you go. All right. All right. All right. You you pick the blind. You pick the good eye to be Christian eye. Yeah, that's right. I would have picked that's the right. bad eye. Actually, that this needs help. Actually, this yeah, you're right. This is the eye. This is the eye that kind of does look up. So that's the eye that needs is, the good Samaritan. You're right. You're right. I said, let me you switch it. Both in one eye. That way you can get that yeah. blessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this eye does look to the Lord quite uh, often. Yes, ma'am. Pass potatoes. Oh man! So, so, what's your son's name again? He he is going by Nathaniel. Nathaniel is his name. I mean, it is his name. But what's weird because you know he's adopted from Nepal. So right. for the first thirteen years or twelve, he was Biswas, which is a Nepalese name that means have faith, faith based, have faith, trust and believe. And yes, I will be telling that story Biswas. tonight. Biswas. 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 And it, when you say it, you sort of feel that like energy come yeah. through. Biswas, believe. So anyway, that was his name they gave him at the orphanage, and it was great for him till we were in line to register for middle school. And I had given him an English name just because, you know, good for if you wanted to go under the radar on, a, on right. an application. Got you. So he's got that. Now he's Nathaniel. 
and he's 14. Does he, as he kept B-Swash? It's in the middle. In the yep. middle. Yep. Nathaniel, Nathaniel B-Swash. Nathaniel B. Swash. Yeah, actually, you. how did you know it had H's? Uh, do you speak Hindi or something? Uh, just a little. I, uh, I dated a Hindi girl. Did you really? No. But oh, shit, I felt for it. I felt for it. <laughs> I did too. I'm not gonna I, I'll say this. I would have if given the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't discriminate? No, no. Well, if a girl's anyway, cute and seems to like me, I've, I've never discriminated. Yeah. I've been thankful. He's just always full of gratitude. Very thankful, very grateful. Yes, I am. Me too, me too. <laughs> I can't get past that. The fact he's got the most serious look on his face. I mean, you've got you've got this great deadpan because you can do it through a smile too. Uh -huh. You just feel like I, I really thought he was telling the truth. I know. So I know. He should. He did. It was well, an earnest through that and his got his uh, cowboy hat on. He he could sell. Well, this. you know, I do have a degree in theater. 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 Are you serious still? Or? I'm serious. Yes, I'm serious. 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 Nice one. <laughs> well, I tend to believe people that come from. Well, he's from the land of my people. He's yes. from Tennessee as That's well. Right. You're a Tennessean. Yeah. Now, did we meet last night? Nope, I was never here last oh, night. Oh, can I meet you now? Yeah, Nancy. I'm Nancy. Everybody calls me Bull. Bull. Just Bull. Yep. All right. Bull. Well, you could fight this guy in the cowboy hat. You should. Run. You should run at him. I'd have to ride him. Stomp him. <laughs> See how that goes. I watch. I would Stay watch him for eight that. seconds. I, I think they, we could do that as the opening. getting thrown off. I'm not, I'm not a good rider. Are you going to wear that hat on stage? Too? I am going to wear. I've got. I'll, I'll. I'll put on a nicer shirt. But you're I in. Wear you're that. in character. Is this one? Is this? You're doing a character piece, or this is just going to be your? No, no, no. I just. You know. I, I've got a million different hats and of all different kinds and and. Does in different kind of outfits, and I don't change my persona with the outfit too much. Was, was that you doing a southern draw? I was trying to say that it makes me feel more southern to look at him. I was I, just curious. Just I just, I, I could hear where you're going, and it, nothing tickles me more because Tennessee draw is like, it's a little bit slower like that, but everybody that tries to do a Tennessee draw Everybody tries to make us sound like a Kentucky colonel. <laughs> like, you, sir, are an abomination. <laughs> I'll say it. They sound like uh, uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Leghorn yeah. right. Foghorn Leghorn. Which, well, now, actually, that's Mississippi. Now, Is it really? Yeah, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, drops them alls, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, well, and I'm from the Ozarks, which is just, it's just nasally. You know, like where. You Missouri kind of, Ozarks or I'm Missouri, Arkansas? I'm Missouri. Missouri. Missouri, sir. But sorry. Missouri. Lemon Point River. Where's that? Missouri. No. Is Lamport? it in Arkansas? I don't know. North, it's in the Ozark you know what? National Forest. The Buffalo. I know the Buffalo. The I 11 float, point. I have floated the Buffalo the, many uh, times. The Mulberry, I think. Because yeah. I lived in Memphis. I went to college there, and we used to go up to the you Ozarks. You went up to the Ozarks. And so we would go up for the uh, Ozark Mountain Folk Festival in Mountain View, Arkansas. There it is. And it was great fun. Man, and, and if you get car sick... That's where you do it. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and you ever been to Blanchard Springs Caverns? I haven't. That, I'll tell you, that is one of the neatest cave, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, what, do you, what would you call it? Adventures. Caving experiences. <laughs> Caving experiences. Uh, it, it's, uh, you actually, most caves you go into, like Carlsbad Cavern, example, is a dead cave. Okay. Once, once they open a cave to the outside air, a cave has to stay right at around 55 degrees. If that, if that goes up much and, and you lose the humidity that's in there, the stalactites and the stalagmites and the moisture that's in there that makes them grow, it all 
it all quits. It rests wow. the development. It quits, and so that stops, and you still get some bat action in there, you know, in some oh, of those yeah. caves, but still, the, the cave's not growing anymore. The cave's not the same. And so Blanchard Springs Cavern, which is up in the Ozarks, uh, right. near Mountain View, Arkansas, um, you go in a elevator, you go down uh, into the mountain, you go down a shaft, uh, several hundred feet, and then when, before you go into the cave, you go through an airlock. Everybody comes out of the elevators into a room, and <laughs> nice. then then the when the elevators go away, then they wait for the room to get to the same temperature and everything as the cave, and they have all set, and then they open you up to go into the cave, so That's the amazing. cave stays the same. So when you walk in, it's two huge caverns. I mean, like. They're, they're, the, the, the ceiling must be 50 feet high at least. I mean, they're huge. Yeah. And, you know, I think one, one's like, I don't know, I think they said one was 50 yards, you know, by 50 yards, the other one's like 100 yards, you know. They're, they're, and I remember when you walk in, uh, you know, it's very dark. They, they do it on purpose. They have just, they have path lights and a few little lights that are, that are lighting up some of the stalactites. Yeah. And you really think, and you can see it through the cave, so you can kind of get an idea of the size of it. But And you think this is the experience. And then once they get you in there, they go, bam! bam with the and lights. they Disney lit it. They brought in the lighting people wow. from Disney. And the, it's <clears throat> just amazing. And the... Uh, one is the colors. They lit it in a way that to bring out the natural colors of the rock because it all stays wet, yeah. you know? And th there's just amazing I, colors in the minerals in the rocks. It looks like the movie Avatar? Yes, it does. And the stalactites... I was picturing and, Aladdin. I was going the, with the Disney Yeah, theme. And the stalactites yeah. and the stalagmites, <laughs> will they will grow together and form columns. And they there's columns in this thing that are like you, like three people can't put their arms around. I mean, really. Uh, and then in the corners, like in certain areas, you'll see these huge mounds that just like a mound of dirt. Bat shit. That's guana. Bat guana, which is what the cave lives on. Everything that's in the cave lives on that bat guana, the little, you know, microscopic animals and little <laughs> yeah. lizards and all this kind of shit. And, uh, so it's really, and then the thing that was real cool was when we, it happened while we were down there. Um, that's limestone. Uh, it's porous, so that's the reason caves develops because the water can go through can the rocks through and yeah, and you know, make that stuff, right? So there was we're in there, and the guy goes, the guide goes, all right, everybody, I want you to put your eyes on this wall, this rock wall over here, about thirty feet up, and he and he took his flashlight. And you just hit it right there. He said, because in a minute, there's going to be a waterfall right there. And sh and it's just a rock wall. And all of a sudden, in just a few minutes, I mean, it like, it didn't, tr it trickled and then boom, it was like, Jeez. just waterfall just shot out of the rock wall. And he said, we just had a big rain. It's raining up there, ah. and when it rains, there's a there's a you know like a path that the rain follows, and that like wall there is so porous you yeah. can't tell it, but it's so porous it'll just shoot right out of the side of the wall. That's it was amazing. really cool. Where's natural. this in relation to uh, Fort Smith? You know? Arkansas, 
Well, I can tell you from Memphis about two and a half, three hours. Just for the tour. You know, that sounds great. Uh, I, north, because <laughs> the, uh, the Ozark, o, Ozark National Forest is above Little Rock. Yep. And below uh, St. Louis. Yeah. It sort of starts mid-Missouri and goes over a little bit into Oklahoma, a little bit down into Arkansas. Right. And then there's a beautiful cave there in near Branson called, you know, Marvel Cave. Oh, okay. Similar <laughs> in that you take a, like a tram down the thing. It's uh-huh. very similar with a huge, kind of thing. huge cathedral room. And, yeah, I always, I always found it just you got to really – different feeling in your body when you're down in there somehow uh-huh. that just that it's weird it, it connects with a different part of your spirit down there i don't know what it is but it was it's exhilarating it isn't is it? it is so it now is. i want to go to blanchard cave i've been to mammoth cave in kentucky have you been there i have been i've been to that that one. one's just almost too big and way yes. open yes yeah it's just too big it's just too big yeah i've never <laughs> been to kentucky there's a lot of those natural things that you know, uh, when I was in, have you been to Cumberland Falls in Kentucky? No, that's in the Daniel Boone National Forest, which is down in the southeast corner uh, where Kentucky and Tennessee and Virginia meet, down okay. in the corner. All right, I had to do and <clears throat> that's where Daniel Boone National Forest is. And the uh, uh, Cumberland Falls, the Cumberland River, is the largest waterfall on the east coast next to Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. And so it's big, it's impressive. <laughs> I gotta check that and out And what's, coo- what's a cool thing with it is that uh, at night, and I don't know why they say this is the only play- place it happens, and I don't know why it wouldn't happen at Niagara Falls too, or any big falls. But at n- night, if you get a clear night with a full moon, uh, then the spray off of the uh, will create a rainbow a over the a moonbow over the top of the water. That's special. Yeah, and we went and we went one night and camped <clears> out <throat> there and saw that. And sure enough, and it's clear as a bell. That was cool. You know, there's a you know there's so many of those awesome things in North America. Don't that, those you little know, regional spe- like it, have you ever been to Joplin, Missouri, and heard about the Spook Light? No. The Spook Light is. They say an old Indian, an, an Indian maiden, you know, haunting this area yeah. with her lantern, but it's—they don't really know what it is. But it's—it's it's consistent. It, they think it's some sort of gas that comes up through the cracks of the earth, and it—and it goes down this road, outside. There's a whole museum and everything, the Spooklight Museum, and it's sort of a makeout place for high schoolers. <laughs> Go down there and you, you park your car and wait yeah, for the Spooklight. Like and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, and like and making and out where it's haunted. Yeah, exactly. No, there isn't. And every Indian time I got girl. there, it would be like, you just missed it every single time. I, <laughs> yeah, I right. just missed the spook Is light. Joplin close to Hannibal? No, Hannibal's up closer to St. Louis. Joplin is towards Tulsa, between oh, Springfield okay. and Tulsa oh, okay. on I-44, old Route 66. Got you. Yeah. Get your kicks on Route 66. That's right. So yeah. it's it's just east of, we have a place I mean, west of here. Springfield. I don't, I don't know exactly where it is. You ever been to Spook Hill? Spook Hill. I can't remember where Down here in Florida? Is. Yeah, it's here is that Florida. the one where you're driving up and it seems well, like you're going backwards? Well, you, you park your car at the bottom of the hill and you just put your car in neutral and the car coasts uphill. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'll can't try. remember. I think where I want to say there's too. a couple of places that that phenomenon happens. Yeah. You know, in in the country or world yes. or whatever. Bizarre. Yeah. 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 It's basically. I guess what they say is it's just an optical illusion that the the way that hill goes up 
the Earth's rotation actually has it going down, but it looks like you're going up. So it's technically like, what like they a said. Decline. The Earth's yeah. rotation? So, yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> Earth's rotation is space-time continuum. Yeah. Well, I went to the Ripley, believe it or not, museum, and they had like something similar with that, where like the, the pool table was angled, and you put the cue ball down, and it went up. Yes. But they tilt yeah. the walls, right, you know, a, and it's an optical yeah. illusion. It must right, be right. an that's, optical that illusion. That must be what I think. Because there is a thing at Silver Dollar City there in Branson area that yeah. you you they would make water run uphill. Right, right. Thing. I mean, there's actually a, there's a golf course I play in Tennessee, and mountain courses can all do this. That's on top of Lookout Mountain, their, their oh. country club up there, and there there's putts that look as if they're breaking uphill. Yeah, and and it just blows your mind. Because the lay of but the land. it's because yeah, it's the the mountain. Maybe it's it the, looks like it's uphill, but you're really on the mountain. Yeah, is going this way. Yeah. is going and uh, but it's like if if you're not a if you don't know that course, you you can't see it. You are you are you allowed to bring a level? On a putting, is that against the rules? Like, if a person had a level, I've never seen anybody. What about bring a putter? A what if, our, what if on the, what if you had a level inside your putter stem? You bring a caddy. <laughs> you bring a caddy. You bring a caddy <laughs> who already knows. Who has a really good inner who ear. Already yeah. knows. Oh, that's who's what it already is. done. Who's already that. read that green? Already done it. But what if yeah. they had a putter with a with a level inside of it on the shaft? I don't know. Girl, I'm telling I'm, I, you. I'm surprised nobody's thought of that. I don't know. Must not, be, must not have helped anybody's game. Somebody's thought it's of that. It's probably sure. illegal. Yeah. It's probably like, I no. That's so funny that you mentioned that water thing at Silver Dollar City because Silver Dollar City was originally in Tennessee where Dollywood is. We used to go there all the time and they had one of those too. It had the, the hand pump and as yes. the water came out, it would go up the trough. I, I remember know. that somewhat. So so near Gatlinburg, Pigeon yeah. Forge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over Gatlinburg now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Is Dollywood yeah. still there? Dollywood's still oh, there. Oh, bigger. and They just added more to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. I've not been to Dollywood. That whole stretch. It's good. Was, it's neat. There was I like, nothing I there when Do- I was a kid. Dolly Parton is one performer I've never mm-hmm. seen. I would like to see her. Well, there's Live. a lot of dollies She's there. amazing. There's yes. a lot of dollies. <laughs> yes, are there, there are. are there, is it like Elvis impersonators? I remember, i never forget, and I've got pictures. My daughter, Taylor, even when she was a little girl, and at this point, she was she's 25 now with a, with a son of her own. But uh, she was about two. And you could already tell, I, I used to say, I go, I got my boy and my girl. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, she just wasn't <clears throat> a girly girl. You know what I mean? Kind of like old Nancy. And so that Dolly had a little shop in Gatlinburg on the Strip that were those those dresses with the huge petty, you know, like that, you know, with eight petticoats underneath yeah. it, big old crazy country things. Oh, yeah. And for I bought one dancing. of those for Taylor, and I put her in it that day, and I go, we took pictures. I said, I don't care if she tears that thing up because she's never going to wear it again. <laughs> it's not you know for, what I mean? It's not good for climbing trees. She had fun in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no, that's uh, that area. <clears throat> See, growing up in Chattanooga, Gatlinburg was a big uh, vacation thing uh, yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, uh, what's the one that you guys had on that side? Uh, Opryland. You had Opryland on your side, right? In Nashville. In Nashville. Opryland was Nashville. That's but right, they, but, Memphis. Uh, but they, I was in Chattanooga. 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 So, uh, uh Gatlinburg was closer, about the same, about the same as driving up there. But we would go, we would way rather go to Gatlinburg than Nashville. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, my my mom went to school with Dolly Parton. They were. Oh, wow. They grew up on uh, opposite sides of Oak Ridge. 
school, but they ended up going to the same high school together. Wow. Yeah, I went to school with Kenny Chesney. Okay, He's I have to pretend. Area, so. I have to pretend I know who that you is. You know who that is? No. He's a big country singer. Country now. singer. See, yeah. Kevin, I yeah. heard the name before. Kenny Chesney. Kenny, Kenny. Chesney. Yeah. Is that a stage name? Is that his real name? That's his real name. Really? Kenny. Yeah. I've never heard Chesney before. <clears throat> Chesney. Yeah. Chesney. You know his real name. I got a picture. I got a picture of us in the yearbooks. Oh really? You can see his name right there, Kenny Chesney. <laughs> he was like a drowned squirrel in high school. He was just. Or, really? It, it was elementary school when I was at school with him, but he was real small. Really? He played on the same football team as me. Oh, yeah. Uh, be, well, because he's older than me, yeah. but I was bigger than him, and they wouldn't let me play with my own age group. Right. So I had to play with the older kids. Right, yeah. <clears throat> That's always Was fun. Dolly nice, did your mom say? To tell you the truth, I don't know that she necessarily knew her, but I'll tell you, there was something in the water there, because, I mean, <laughs> short of short of um, Roy Clark, I don't know anybody that could pick a banjo like my mom. She could pick a banjo. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Really? You would see smoke coming off her fingers oh. when she would pick. Oh. Those are the, 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 absolutely in awe of people that can play a banjo. Cause you're you're playing on the neck and the... Uh, is she still living? No, no. She passed oh, a couple, few years ago. Yeah. Dang. But, yeah, she's got, she had the most beautiful banjo. Wow. And she just went from a guitar to playing banjo. Now, years later, she went and she took lessons for a banjo. She was already playing. Just a natural. Yeah, she just was in, such a natural. It's amazing. <clears throat> I once heard an a interview with, I think it was... June was it June Carter Cash? Is mm-hmm. that and yep. she they they put her playing banjo at the Grand Ole Opry one time. She'd never played it in her life. She goes, I just figured I'd know how. And she just <laughs> kind of went up there and start. She just did it. She just went up right in front of everybody and just started like first time held a banjo and just started playing it. Oh, My boy. dad was the same way. He could play any instrument you put in front of him. He just had it inside of him to get it, like to understand it. That's and amazing. I shouldn't say any, but any string instrument, right. any any string instrument. I, or pia- well, piano's a string instrument, I guess. You play piano. Some people just have that ear for it, and then when they hear the notes, they just know where it is. It's a language thing. I know. I wish I... My son's like that, actually. My son, I think, is channeling my father, who passed away four years ago. He's starting to wear, like, V-neck white T-shirts. My dad always wore those in the summer. And then he start. He listening to uh, Roger Miller all the time. He's playing Roger Miller songs. He loves Roger Miller. Trailer for sailor rent. Room to live 50 cents. No, 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 no. <laughs> I ain't got no cigarettes. I got two eyes of pushing broom and a, and a four bedroom. I'm a man of means by no means. King of the road. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't turned off your radio by now. Oh, man. You know, I, I, I had uh, one of the... I, when I was living in Memphis, I worked I worked music places and in the seventies, and we, we just it was just incredible all the artists that we had come through. I mean, I can just sit here and just name uh, uh, dozens that are huge stars now, and and they were rising at the time. But we had Earl Scruggs come through wow. after he was no longer playing with Lester, Lester. Flat. I, I don't I think Lester Flat was still alive, but remember he went with the family. Him and it was his. It was his yeah. sons. There was three or four of them, and they started touring together. The and they came and played. And sitting wow. backstage in the green room with him and those boys, and they're just kind of warming up and da da da, and realizing that's the guy who invented picking a banjo. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the oh, guy yeah. who invented the an guru. art form. The guru. You know, yeah. That's incredible. You played know. the most iconic banjo song that everybody knows. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. 
But until <laughs> Earl, until yeah. Lester Flat, I mean, until Earl Scruggs, people strummed a banjo. Oh yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody five finger picked. Pick, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, Roy, Roy Clark's the one that perfected it, too. I don't, you ever see him oh, play? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you couldn't see his fingers. They were really? going so fast. It was amazing. Yeah, you should look it up. Even if you don't like I the style the of music, it's just He's it's, incredible. just in awe of him doing that. You know, my One of the people that my mom used to play with was, um, oh, you, rem- you remember when they had, um, uh, it was, uh, was it country music television. I can't remember what it was called. But, um, not hee haw. No, it wasn't on hee haw. This was on cable channels. It was early, early when they had Crook and Chase and shows Oh, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, 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 right. CMT. Well, it was, it yeah. was early CMT. CMT yeah. is what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, uh, Nashville Network. Oh, I Nashville got you. Network. Yep, yeah, yeah. My mom used to play ban- banjo with, uh, the lead, uh, the guitarist from the Shotgun Red Band, uh, from that show. And he would come over to the house, and I'll tell you, just to sit there between the two of them and listen to that. I can just listen to Do that. Do you play anything? I can't. I didn't. I'm you not didn't blessed get it. with you it. You didn't get it. Well, I didn't I'm either. adopted, so yeah, no. I'm well, my son's adopted, but somehow he got it. I don't yeah. know. Not from me, but maybe I thought, yeah. again, I think my father has jumped into his little... There you go. Not bad. <laughs> oh, by the way... Bring me up. I'm going to do 15. You do 20. You do your normal set. Right. And then right as soon as we finish, stay on stage. Just stay there. I'll come right out. We'll go right into it. And, and, and they've already announced it. And I'll say up front, I'll let everybody know that that's what we're going to do. So they're all prepared for it. You all know. Right. Sounds and there good. There you go. Okay. I like the plan. Enough. Okay. What about you, Mike? You going to do any time? All sorts of interview. No, no. Not in these shorts. <laughs> not in these shorts. Sometimes he has me close the show every once in a while, but no, not tonight. Can you close in shorts? I did that last time you left. I was did like, because you? You, I didn't know you were leaving. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm wearing like a bathing suit. Last, like, just go up there, tell a couple Who jokes, cares? close the show. I was like, All right. oh man, not too many shorts comics. No. One guy, Craig McCart, he was a flip flop guy. I always went on stage. Really? Just retired cop. Flops. I know there was a retired cop around here that used to perform. <coughs> nah, Craig owned a hardware store up in Newport Ritchie. Oh, I got you. And, I just, uh, yeah. I just bought a pair of shorts over there at the Exchange. I'm excited about that store. You guys know Women's Exchange? It's, it's incredible, think, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it has furniture. Oh, well, we own that, furniture. That, what you're sitting on might have come from the Women's Exchange. I love exchange. that My store. My wife loves it. But that. I bought a pair of shorts there thinking. What, what is it? Like a consignment store. Oh, consignment. consignment. But it's, don't go in there because it's too many cute things. That yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not even a shopper. I don't even like shopping, but there's just so many little cute things. Yeah, little knickknacks. That you might, little knickknacks you need. And then they have clothing. Right. I think it's just women's clothing, though. I didn't. Well, maybe there's men's clothing, but I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I guess I remember he's. I had to go. I was doing this show called Wigs and Wit that they do here, and it's uh, yeah, three. It's yeah. three drag Jeff queens. Klein runs it. Yeah. Yeah, I love Jeff Klein. It's three drag queens versus three comics. Oh and, really? Uh, oh yeah, fun. And they take the best comic and the best drag queen. Oh, that's fun. And they swap, swap them. them. So you like the so the, the comic. comics got to go out and do a drag show, right? Oh, and cool. then the drag queen has to do stand up comedy. With no drag or with drag? Well, they're they're drag. still in drag. They yeah. Are drag? they in drag? They're still okay. in drag, yeah. But then. Uh, well, it's just funny because like most of the drag queens are, have like a lot of experience hosting a show of some type, so they like they're already kind of funny and they're like sassy and stuff. Yeah. But like comics. Have no skill in like lip singing or dancing for the most part, yeah. so it's kind of a it's a very interesting way it ends and everything like that. But uh, but I remember I had to like go and try to buy my costume, 
and I was I had to go to Goodwill. You had to do your own drag. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should have a buddy. You think you should have a drag buddy that dra- that dresses you. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, like somebody, or or yeah. or just like a like a consultant of some type to tell you like, no, nah, it yeah. looks terrible. Right. But yeah, I was in uh, Goodwill just trying to find something, and everybody's looking at me crazy. And I'm like, this is this is a weird experience. I love Jeff right Klein. He's one of the, he's. He's, he's a good dude. I've seen him since he started open micing, and he listens and he pays attention and he he's he's got some really smart humor. Yeah, I really for like sure. him. Is he, is he a local comic? He's a uh, he's a local he's a local comic. Yeah, around here he's got to the point where he's now featuring. But his big thing is he talks about being a platinum gay. Number one, you could meet him. Would you even have thought that Jeff was gay? At all? No. The but deep then I met voice his, then, I, then he walked in with his boyfriend. And I was yeah, like, when he yeah, walks in with Bob, sure. it's his yeah. husband. Or yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. And both of them, absolutely, they've been out to see me in a few shows. Yeah. And just the greatest people. Yeah, they're but, very nice. But um, yeah, you would never even know if he he was gay, but he he pushes the fact that he's a platinum gay. Yeah. Which he was born of cesarean section, so he's never touched. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> never touched That's funny. Like a gold star gay. I used to, and then I used like, to, I'm platinum gay. <laughs> I used to perform on the uh, gay cruises. Mm-hmm. Um, RSVP, it's all gay Ben, and then every now and then I just mess with them a little bit and talk about the vagina, just to <laughs> sort of like watch their faces, just and I go like, "You never went through one, you know? Yeah. You, you, you were right up close, you know?" I, I, and I did, they just oh, they can't the stand that. You. But I said, "I know there's a few of you that were C-section that feel a little better than the others right now." Well, I was just curious when you went there. So you, it's kind of like probably gave you. And are we supposed to keep? Are we still talking? Are we still doing? Oh this? yeah, we're still doing. We're it. still doing this. Yeah. But I, I didn't know if I was. We're not too loud for the no, stage. No, he can't hear us. Um, He's half deaf anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering um, about. You know, you probably got to feel that insight of like, wow. So this is what it might be like trying to shop if I were right. transgender or wanted. Of yeah. their clothing, right. you know, to feel that stigma, to feel it firsthand. Yeah. Shopping was. To feel it firsthand yeah. really opens your eyes, doesn't it? Because, yeah. um, and this, what I was, the only reason I'm saying that is like, I, I grew up in Springfield, Missouri, where it was almost all white people. And then I moved to Hawaii and really? still, still had white privilege. So right. let's not say it's the same, right. but was definitely the less preferred person in line at the grocery store sure. with the locals, you know? Sure. And, yeah. and I really hurt my heart. Like I would be going through the line and I'm over there working as a nurse and I'm feeling like, look, I'm, I'm just not over here just taking resources. I'm right. giving back a little bit. But was it's it in Hawaii? In Hawaii. So but you were just a Howley over there? Yeah. But, and, but to be in line and just and then feel that energy coming at with people that do not know me but just make assumptions. The judgment. And just ha- like there's yeah. hate coming at me. Right. And I thought, wow, until you feel it firsthand, you yeah. cannot know. And again, I don't pretend it's the same because I still had white privilege, but it was really insightful and really opened my heart in a different way to have that experience. I don't know if you had any of that at Goodwill. Uh, they got looks like, why is he in the women's section? Like trying to like... I, I got like, but I was like, yeah, I, yeah, it's a, I, I was embarrassed, but you know, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine like having to do that all the time. Like, right. right. Know, Trying so. to find the shoes. And yeah. Well, uh, one of my best friends actually, he's transgender. He's a and fe- I heard that female to male. I heard that in your act last night. Yeah. And that was real. I love that material. Yeah. He's a, and he, he's a, has a great sense of humor about it. That's why. Like, you have to. He has to. Yeah. Yeah. Is he doing comedy? No, no. But he's a, he's like a, he's a, he's a, he's a Host type personality, you know what I mean, oh. but it's never really a stand up. He's hosted like shows before, not comedy shows, but like, you know, he's a personality for yeah. sure. But 
He's a very powerful dude. He's he's got like a he's got his own business that he runs, his own brand and everything like that. And he's just like one of those inspirational kind of people. Yeah. Like, that's why I make fun of myself because when I first did that bit, I remember I was like I had to like run it by him. I was like, hey man, like, sure. Do you mind if I do a bit about you? And he didn't he didn't he didn't even ask about like what the jokes were. He just goes, yeah, go for it. I'm like, but I'm gonna do a bit about. It. He goes, yeah, just go for it. He goes, I'm like, I, I trust you. Yeah. So I went out and did it, and it's a self-deprecating bit about me not being a man enough. Like he's more of a man than me. It's just that's the premise of it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. But it worked out really well. Yeah. And but uh, there's a funny story. One time we were at this like rough bar, and uh, he's he's he looks like a little bit effeminate because you know he's not he's 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 gone he's gone almost all the way through the process of transitioning. Like, but he says like muscles and stuff. But he's got a little bit of like a baby face and stuff, mm-hmm. and a, a little bit of a feminine voice sometimes. And this like these assholes at the bar, were like, "Hey, uh, shut up, faggot!" And I look over and I was like, "Hey!" I'm like, "That's ridiculous!" And I stand up, stand up for him. And I'm like, "Yo, first off, he's not he's not gay. He's he's transgender. Like he likes women. Get it get it straight and, about and the non-straight." And they said to me. We weren't talking about him. We're talking about you, faggot. <laughs> they pointed at me, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude? You can't do at anything point, right." That's fair. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's fair. <laughs> right, whatever. And then did your buddy stand up for you? No, he actually laughed hysterically. Abandonment issues. Let's just go. Let's just get out of here. Did you tell them they clearly missed the episode over. of Walking Dead where you got your head beat in? <laughs> yeah. You're still here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How many people have told you? you look Abraham. Like him? Uh, okay. Every time Halloween comes around, I'm like, it's Abraham. I'm, like, I'm not even dressed like him. I'm, like, it's, you're Abraham. I'm, I'm probably one of the only people who've never seen The Walking Dead. But I'll play along. It? I'll play along. I believe you. That I love like The Walking Dead because it's the most horrific show ever. Written. It's pretty horrific, yeah. But they don't curse in it, and they don't show nudity. And it's on AMC, I get it, but yeah, I just think it's hilarious. So there, there's literally an episode where the the son has to give birth to a zombie mother, or has to has to uh, perform, has to help her through through uh, labor. Oh, okay. And then she becomes a zombie because she dies during labor, so he has to shoot her in the head. With Abraham. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And he gets his head beaten in one of the episodes and stuff. It's awful. And still but doesn't swear. No. And then no, no doesn't swear. But that's my point. Like, yeah. If, well, he did say, suck my nuts. Oh, yeah. Head. My bad. I guess. So. That's like a PG-13 yeah, movie in the yeah. 90s. Though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, unbelievable. Like, there's the, you're watching and you're like, he just, he just helped his mother through child labor and then shot her in the face. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then, like, he was like, damn. Like there was, uh, that was uh, there's no no f word yeah sure. like I was just I'm always amazed by that it was, we can accept so much but we can't accept cursing or or nudity for whatever reason right like, yeah you can watch it, that's interesting get their heads yeah on the continuum of offensive things right that that violence is not near like and that has always troubled violence me violence has always that been that has okay always troubled reason. me that sexual content is is. Uh, over the line over when the we line. when we can watch someone blow someone's own yeah. mother's head off mm-hmm. I get to which I want to see where you're coming from just I, and they show a, it too it's not like a it's that, a very ugly scene it's very graphic huh but but even just the context and of psychologically, it is fucked up psychologically I mean? yeah yeah it's yeah. messed up Besides, that yeah. show's messed up no yeah, man I've never seen it I don't need that in my repertoire of thoughts no it's not I a happy show demons but, in my head it's but not I a gotta, happy I gotta tell you though but I've, I heard it's well written oh it's very well written um, it, it doesn't follow along the line it doesn't follow along the lines of the comic book it, it changes there's extra characters and stuff 
but I'm just always nervous. He's gonna call me up. No, it's fine. Um, well, I forgot where I was going with it. It's every everybody everybody. Oh, it's not. Tends it's loosely to, based off the comic book. Yeah, everybody yeah. tends to worry that you know they're gonna see zombies. This gonna be scary. I'll tell you, it's really got very little to do with the actual zombies itself. It's how people survive in that world. And it, there's been full-on episodes where you barely see zombies, and it's people fighting people trying to survive in a apocalyptic world. Yeah, that's the real dynamic that they're trying to yeah. go yeah. It's like, after like, But a, you have to endure the violence to see it, and I just right. don't know that I'm up for it. It's funny. My, my tolerance for violence has gone down. Maybe since I had a kid. I don't know. But I also... Yeah, I don't need that much stimulation. Uh, like roller coasters, no no longer have a need for that. Right. I don't know what it is. The I thrill. just don't need that much excitement. I think that life after you get out past fifty, life's kind of <laughs> fragile. Right. And it's like I don't need it to feel more fragile. I'm about to die yeah. anyway. There's so much stuff that happens around us that just desensitizes us to stuff like that. I can tell you that you know from watching so much violence in movies and stuff, and I'm embarrassed to say, but I watch the videos on 9-11 I was watching mm -hmm. the videos you could see it or when it was on the news as it was happening the day it happened and when that plane went into the building I was looking at it I was like it looks so fake right it right it doesn't even look it, because wow. it, it, your it, mind is programmed to know that that's well, the, fake that's yes a coping mechanism where's the action sequence we see in movies well and stuff not only I mean that plane went into the building and then there yeah. wasn't the explosion that you would have gotten from a movie a movie the right, movies right. would have just made it so much more gratuitous right and it just wasn't there and I'm like that doesn't even look real yeah it like doesn't die hard you're giving them director's yeah. cut you're yeah, giving them director's <laughs> advice yeah. you know what yeah. I would have done there I wonder if that led to some of the disbelief with the whole 9-11 Probably thing. did. I, yeah. I, but I tell you, it, that's when I stopped watching a lot of things. Right. Uh, a lot of the violence because I'm like, I want to be able to feel that. I mean, that's, that's extremely, you know, yeah, traumatic. And I needed to have been able to feel that like everybody else. And I watched it. And you were strange. numb. People yeah, are savages. Numb. They're savages. I remember when, they, like, shortly after that happened, there was people putting videos up of, like, some of those people were jumping out of the buildings. It was so hot. Yeah, right? and they were oh, yeah. playing Tom Petty free falling as they're jumping out of the building. Like they're, you know, like the YouTube clips and stuff wow. like that. It was yeah. like just no soul, no, yeah. soul. no, no shame whatsoever. Yeah, so that was weird. I saw a thing with Elton John has this photography collection, and it's weird to me. Like he has the only photo this guy did of this of a man falling. I just think it's a weird thing to have on your wall every day. Yeah. Like, what's that about? Why would you want to have inspires that me. man who's still alive in that moment suspended? You know, it's just horror. Yeah. There's nothing more horrible. I have dreams about that. In fact, I had a dream today that I was in a building. This really? is weird that we're having this conversation. I just, you know, how dreams come back to you yeah, in the middle of the yeah, conversation. For sure. I was in this building near the beach and everybody was looking at the beach or something and the building started to list like a ship oh, like it was wow. too much weight on one side right and then it started falling like and then somebody hole. said out loud we're done for <laughs> and i just was looking around as we went down you know, and it just kept falling and falling and falling. i wouldn't quite hit the ground finally i woke up and i was listening to joe rogan's podcast <laughs> like rogan put me to sleep <laughs> No, it was uh, it was this guy about the aliens or something about uh, the Area Fifty One. Oh, well. oh, was that that Tom DeLong dude? Uh, Lazar or something like oh, that. Oh, Bob Lazar. Bob, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't okay. know. Somehow, yeah. and I'd never even listened to 
to, to Rogan's podcast. And I love his podcast. I have never listened to it. It's and then good. one of my friends on Facebook had just mentioned <clears throat> something in his That's thing. That's like, This should be was the most compelling interview. And yeah. uh, the one who's the um, who's the lady that played the wife on um, King and Queens? Leah Remini. Leah Remini. Did you yeah. hear? Did you see the episode with her? Yeah. On there, just she's, absolutely dishing out everything on Scientology. She's a oh savage too. She's probably the worst. The wor- that's the worst thing that could ever happen to Scientology was Leah Remini. <laughs> I can tell you that Ooh, right I'd now. I'd like to hear those interviews. It's really good. Because okay. she's got really tenacity. Good. She's like she's like pissed almost. Has she written that- the book? Who wrote the book? That wasn't her, was it? Was did she write yeah. a book? Yeah. Okay, wrote- I think I did. She has hear- a show. I think. On oh, okay. A&E, I think where it's like a. All about it. It's like well, she's like every episode's a, a attacking Scientology and trying to get people out of Scientology. Well, you know, her family finally left. Yeah, Her family got out of Scientology I heard about because that. once you leave, you can't have like Tom Cruise has nothing to do with his children. Wow. I didn't even know he had no, children. Yeah, he's got um, God, what's her names? Um, yeah, Ace, he's got, he's got Goose and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Goose and Maverick. <laughs> uh, uh, Shuri, Shuri, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I didn't but know he had got, children. Yeah, he's got kids and he can't even can't even see them. That's so crazy. Yeah. Because he's still so deeply into Scientology, mm-hmm. and they all left. And they can't be involved if they've left. Can't wow. be involved with people that have left. I that, wonder if he can leave. I mean, I'm, I imagine his life would be under, like, or his well, career at least, maybe. I don't know. They probably have something on him. Well, he's, yeah, probably an indentured servant. I've heard them say that, like, some people are so high. Like, you're not higher than Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the highest of it. He's like uh, a super ambassador yeah, or something like that. Yeah, Travolta is still quite a bit under him. Right. But they said that Travolta is at a point where he could commit murder and get away with it. Yeah, he's, I heard about he's that. where he could be and commit That's murder an interesting way of ranking. Isn't that something? Someone, then what can Tom Cruise do? If know. Travolta can commit murder, what's... what's Tom Cruise can, can just... Can start a nuclear holocaust? Yeah, for real. Have a great set, man. We're going to yeah. miss you back here. Go get him. I want to go out and watch the show. Are we? Are we? Oh yeah! At any point, we can break if you want. So. Is it allowed? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I f- I'm curious. To we'll have less come back in than we'll. This is cool. Is this your podcast? Um, I'm the pr- producer of it, but less. I was trying to talk less into a podcast forever. I think it's a great idea. And then okay. we came up with this. Actually, uh, Lynn Copeland was the one who kind of like triggered the idea because she was cause she didn't want to do the interview. The okay. on-stage interview, she's like, you know, once I'm off stage, I just want to be done with the show. Okay. She goes, but I wouldn't mind, like, doing a podcast during the show in the green room. And then we were like, done. So we rigged this all up. And it happened. Yeah. This is cool. Pulled the trigger on it, yeah. How are they out there? They were good. They so sound... I thought it was a blind that was mental health. <laughs> you embarrassed yourself? I did. I did. did you embarrass yourself I out did. there last? I did. I did. You it thought it be. was the blind? I did. I thought they were... I, I couldn't hear... I See, I, w- I need to get out there and see your set. Because yesterday mental. I was doing some other stuff and... What? I just... All I did was... Uh, uh, all I did material-wise was my grandparents' stuff. Just about being a grandpa. Oh, yeah. And his name's Zayden, which is a made-up name, which millennials do, and I do a bit about that. And then I do a bit about how, or what my name's going to be, you know, and which uh, I really don't even tell them what it really is. But the bit is, my daughter wanted me to be Pop-Pop. I didn't want to be Pop-Pop. She got indignant with me, for real, and said, you're going to be Pop-Pop. And I said, uh, I think you forget I got more money than you do. I said, as soon as little Zayden understands the value of a ten or twenty dollar bill, he call me whatever the hell I want him to call. <laughs> Change my name everywhere. Your Eminence, Pope Leslie. <laughs> whatever. So I did that little bit, and uh, 
other than that and a little bit of local playfulness, uh, I talked to birthdays. So you had uh, yeah. you had uh, a woman on this side, 71 years old. Uh, played around with her about being in this town so old that's young, you know. Yeah. And then a girl in the back, Michaela, 26. So you're the young girl in the crowd. Contrasting, all, all, all the contrasting stuff. And then guy over here, uh, what was his name? Oh, they said it was Peter in the corner. The guy goes, Peter in the corner. I said, isn't that a nursery rhyme? <laughs> anyway, he was 71 also. So we wow. said, oh, well, look how look, this has worked out. A male 71, a female 71. Are boom, they? boom, boom. Right, are right. you married? He goes, yes. Is she here? Yes. And I said, the woman, are you married? She goes, not tonight. <laughs> so uh, you know, so I said we she's found ready. we found our whore, <laughs> and her. she's ready for a threesome. Uh, so, uh, so that's kind of it. Birthdays, and that was it. How'd you find out that it was, there was a mental illness instead of? Blood? They told me, like, because because I went out stage. there and I, I said I said blind, and they go, no, no, it's not blind, it's uh, mental illness. I went, oh damn it! Like we don't deal with those kind of people. I got it in my <laughs> head. So then I went, I went. So if you think. You're going blind, but you're not. You go see them. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And then they will no, convince good. you that you're not yeah. going blind, and then <laughs> you, you leave. Then it's time for you to go. Come back with your time next Time for you illness. to go. You know that's what I mean? Nice. So, uh, so you, if you wanted to, you could tease the fact that I thought it was blind, but okay. it's really mental illness. <laughs> yeah. You can do anything you want to with that, because I got two or three laughs off of that goofy shit. And did you take your driver out there? Is I that did. What? And I then did. you do a little Johnny Carson? I don't. I really don't. You do don't. a little Johnny Carson no, thing? No, I really don't. I carry it, but I don't do much for hecklers, with it. Just for hecklers? Yeah, people think that. I did it. It's a tribute to Bob Hope. Oh. It's the reason I carry it. For the USO uh -huh. And Yep, because and, he, he always carried a driver with him. You I know, did not know that. When he did stand-up. Bob Hope always carried carried the driver with him when he did stand-up. And so, uh, I don't know if he did for the television show. So sometimes he would walk out with it if it was a stand-up kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if he did it when he hosted the Academy Awards. No, but, right. but you do it every night? I didn't see you do it last night. I do. I do. Oh. I do it every night. And, uh, and I will usually, I'll bring it out in the opening, the driver, and then I don't bring it out when I introduce you. And then at the end of the show, I usually come out with a putter because we're finishing it up. Finishing up. And uh, oh, I never picked up on that. That's yeah. Funny. And um, yeah, you don't want to have the mid range when you come out to. I could. Yeah. I could. And uh, seven iron or something. But it also promotes golf. So the I love to play golf. It's my hobby. And of course, the golf industry loves the fact that I carry that club on stage because it just makes you know you're just promoting golf. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so get I get you some good tee times. Yes, I do. Yes, I and uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's basically it. But I do sometimes, every once in a while, somebody will yell just in the middle of my "What's up with the club?" It bugs them yeah. that I'm standing there with this club and not and acknowledging, and I'm not acknowledging it. And they'll go, "What's up with the club?" And I've got a thing, and I think I just did this organically one night. I said, "Well, I play golf, and I love golf." I really do. Other than this, that's, you know, this, my family, and then golf. Mm. And I said, I'm going to tell you something from the bottom of my heart. If you love something, if you really love something, you should touch it. 
You should keep it close to you. Yeah. You should touch it as much as possible. So I said, here's what I want everybody in the room to do right now. If you are within arm's reach of something you love, I want you to touch it right now. And then, of course, what's the obvious joke? I'm looking at you. You know, obviously, you're sitting there with your wife. You didn't even touch her. She didn't touch you. You didn't touch her. Well, that's funny. Okay? Yeah. And nobody grabbed their crotch. Not a one of them. Not one of them. The liars, liars, liars. Nobody grabbed their crotch. You know? So, yeah. And I've got a, I've got a couple of golf I Actually, the one that's true, well, actually, they're both true, but one's just off a, a thing I saw on television about swing thoughts. You know, having a positive swing thought, and then you flip it for the comedy that yours are always negative, you know. But I was really on a golf course by myself, uh, and there was a group in front of me that had just teed off. So I'm sitting in my cart at the tee box waiting on them to clear for me to be able to hit my, neck, my, my shot. And there's a woman, there's houses right there, and there's a woman working in her yard. And she, she uh, we start to chat. You know, she's right there. You yeah. know, so we just start to kind of, hey, you know, just, you know, nice day kind of stuff. And we're just kind of talking, and she and she goes, you know, you really look familiar. And I said, I own the comedy club here. She goes, that wouldn't be it. And I was like, you never been to the comedy club? I said, I've had it here about 20 at the time, you know, like 20 years. She goes, nope, no. That ain't it. That ain't it. Wouldn't be it. Never been to a comedy club? She goes, no, don't intend to either. I said, why is that? She goes, profanity. She goes, you know, that's all comedy is now. It used to be clever. It used to be clever, but now it's just nothing but one profane word after another. I said, so that bothers you that much that you don't, you want, you don't want to allow yourself to hear any colorful language like that? She goes, I do not. I said, you bought a house in front of a tee box <laughs> and a golf course. <laughs> You've never had a I think somebody's in denial no who likes the dirty talk. Yet. <laughs> yeah. I said, it must sound like golfer's Tourette syndrome Out in your back. The of course. Hey, she must hear shit fuck it. Yeah. 30 times a day. Yeah. Of course sure. she does. For sure. Know? Yeah, yeah, but bad choice on where you put your house. Yeah, absolutely. You hear That's more so profanity funny. That's funny. coming off this tee box every day than you will hear in my comedy per club. Minute, for yeah, sure. Exactly, yeah. In, in an evening of a whole show, probably. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Because, you, know, yeah. you know, the old joke is, why do they call golf golf? Because shit and fuck was taken. Right, right, exactly. You know, because you very seldom hear on a golf course, golf. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Not when I'm playing with this eye. <laughs> golf shot. Do you play golf? I did when I was married back in the day, back in my 20s. Yeah. And uh, not well. And I was and I was a little bit of a feminist golfer because I hated hitting from the women's tees. I don't know why. Well, yeah. I know why. Because they were usually, I called them, they should have tee markers that were turds. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, men, the men's tees were up at this beautiful vista right. of, the, of the, you could see the whole fairway. And then you go, you're down there, girly. Yeah. Get down there on your shitty tee and hit off there. And I'm yeah. like, but wait, is a 12-year-old boy hitting off the women's tees? Because I'm as strong as a 12-year-old boy. And they're like, no, no, a 12-year-old boy would never hit off the women's tees. And I said, I'm not either then. I'll take another stroke. And, and that's I, the thing that I would been, hit off of that. The thing that that's one of the things in the past ten years that they have really been fighting to that they take women's tees 
is like you don't even say that anymore. Dude. They're the front tee. I started that revolution. That's right. The front that's, tee. That's, because well, there's I a think lot it should of men, go off a handicap. Well, there's a lot of men that should be on those front tees. Oh, tea. damn, yeah. A lot. And You yes. know, I mean, really. Yes. You know. So yes. just take a stroke. That's what I'd rather. I have to check on something because you I have go. a friend coming to the show, and I want to I okay. let Marcella know. No, you do know. whatever you would Is naturally that okay? do. Yes. And then I'm going to get in my You little, should do what you naturally do. I'm you might need to think about your show. I might want to clean up my act. You got it. No problem. We've got a lot of good banter already. Oh, yeah. yeah. Golf. Is it is true that golf, is golf really an acronym? The gentleman, on, gentleman only, ladies forbidden thing? Is that bullshit? I'm not sure. You know, I would have to, uh, I'd have to look that up. Because what is golf? Like, what, what, what is that word? You know what I mean? Well, it, it's, it's, it's got to be Scottish. Right. Because that's where it started. Right. You know, in Scotland. Well, I tell you what, I believe we can go get a iPhone. Google it. And figure this out pretty quick. Well, let me ask some. Whose bit do you like better about golf? Uh, George Carlin's bit or uh, uh, Rob Williams? Uh, I, remember, them, I right? remember Robbins. I'm sure I've heard, George, heard George's, but I'm not recalling it. For George was, was a little bit more political, but he had a, it was still pretty funny. He's based on the, there's too many golf courses and right. blah, blah, blah. I remember thinking how funny Robbins was, and, and I don't think oh, he ever, I don't think he ever played the sport, you know. Uh, or if he did, not much. Robin? Yeah. Yeah. His whole take was just like all character stuff. Very funny. Can I ask a question? Yeah. How much more time does our friend Bull have? Do I have time to go set up my table with my merch? Well. Or should I wait here? He's only got about five minutes. I don't know. Uh, uh, if we look at the clock above the stage, peek at that because I told him to do 20 minutes. Uh huh. It's probably at like 10, I would say. Not at all. You clearly have to poop. Look at him. He's got to poop. Sam, you watch TV. You and me are watching TV. Just say yes. Move this along. I wonder if they could see my little eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> 11. He's at 11. So he's got 10 more minutes, basically. Yeah. Nine. Got nine. All right. I'm going to go pay for this. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. The word golf was first mentioned in writing in 1457 on a Scottish statue Holy shit. on forbidden games as golf, G-O-U-F, possibly derived from the Scots word golf, variously spelled meaning to strike or cuff. Cuff, I think, is to slap. Okay. Open-handed slap, I think, is kind of a cuff. Okay. Uh, in turn, derived from the Dutch word golf, K-O-L-F, meaning bat or club. Okay, so the combination of things. Yes. Right. That kind of makes sense. Because the way, see, that when they developed golf, I mean, it was something, basically, you know, back then, of course, everybody's farmers. Farmers or, or sheep and right. cattle or that kind of stuff. Right, right. And so on the coastal, on the coastal areas, you have the you know the water and then the beach. Right. And then there's an area of land 
uh, off the beach for so much, so many uh, yards or, you know, anyway, so much yeah. that won't, you can't grow anything on it. Right, Because right. the, the ground is too salty, too alkaline or right. acidious or whatever it is from the salt water and everything. That's all, yeah. So you, it, uh, you can't grow crops on it. No, no. And it really doesn't produce, I don't think, anything... Uh, uh, good grasses and stuff like that for the for the livestock and stuff to feed on. So there's just that land and and that that's called the links and right. it's the link between the beach and the water and the and the pasture land and the right. and the fertile land. So that's where they originally put golf courses because there's there no, wasn't anything to do with it anyway. You can't use the land anyway. Can't so. use the land anyway. Right. So. Somebody came up with the idea of taking a little ball and a stick and hitting it, you know, down the field towards uh, something that you would try to get it into a hole, right. you know, at the other end. And that's, that's how it came about, you know, just bored probably. Yeah. Well, you know, sitting around going those days, parts of the days you didn't have shit to do, but you couldn't go home. Right. And uh, yeah, so I think that's how it all came about. Well, boredom spawns so many things. Yes. I mean, almost that entertainment in general is uh -huh. based off of boredom, right? But, of course, then golf became such a uh, – then it, it quickly moved to an elitist. Right. Yeah, sport, you know, a gentleman's sport. I imagine probably because the land, right? How much – Probably. How much real estate. The cost of it. The cost of it. The overall. cost of it. Right. You know, to, to be able to afford to have actual clubs made – Oh, back yeah. then right. uh, to, to afford that to afford the time to right. be able to practice it sure. and, and a, a round of golf takes three or four hours even if you're moving around pretty quick so just to have the luxury of time and all that stuff you know yeah it, it was how did Tiger it was because Tiger was playing since he was like 11 right or something like that or like three? four three or four so was was his there's a pic there there's a video of him I think he, when he was five on one of the big talk shows like Merv Griffin or something like that, he was already kind of – his dad played. Okay, that makes more sense. His dad and his uncles, you know, but his dad played. His dad was a big player and so got him playing early. Right. And, uh, you know, he obviously had a knack for it. Sure. You know, he just, he just had – really natural, gifted, athletic ability and, and hand-eye coordination. Really? Even at a young age, he could take that club and make solid contact with it. Right. And uh, like I say, they, there's, I think there's stuff of him when he's five, six years old. I mean, you know, hitting the ball solid. Right. And, and, Good uh, form and everything. Exactly. And they said when his dad, when they would play – you know, obviously his dad recognized at an early age, because you, you hear about those, and I've met some of these guys that, you know, uh, they were, I mean, they were shooting even par when they were like 10 or something, 10 or 12 years. I mean, you know, like right. they just got it. And uh, so obviously his dad saw that in him, and they said his dad prepared him to be tough mentally. His dad was, I think, a Marine. He was military. Okay. And, uh, and my understanding was, you know, he would, like, when he's getting ready to putt, they'd talk loud. Right. Do the things you're not supposed to do. You know, he's getting ready to hit a drive, he'd throw something at him. 
right. you know, and right. do things to try to distract him and and set him up just to make him mentally tough to where he, where he had focus. great focus. Right. And he was doing it to him at a young age when it was kind of like he knew he would, as a kid, he'd take that kind of that yeah. attitude. You can't, you know, you do what you want to. Yeah, I you still can't do it. Yeah, you can't fuck with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that's crazy. Yeah. But that's like, like just to have the opportunity to even get good at golf, though. Yeah. Like you gotta have some sort of time, time and money for sure, right? Like, yeah, you know, hockey's like that too. Hockey's a very expensive sport yeah, to get yeah. good at. Yes. Well, you know, for golf, and and I've been I've, I've been procrastinating a bit. I've got an outline of a little, you know, just a little book that I've been wanting to write, just to help people get into golf more comfortably okay. and without having to spend a ton of money. Right. Right. You. You could get into the sport in a way that you could really, if you know, to set you up to learn to play and to play 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 for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you could get into it for about three hundred bucks, and that would be wow. clubs, uh, an outfit, <laughs> yeah. you know, something that shoes. Right. Uh, and lessons. And lessons of those. You know, because I go, in the beginning, all anybody needs is four clubs to start with. Right. You know, just like a, a long iron, like a five or a six iron, a seven or an eight iron, a mid iron, and a pitching wedge. A pitching wedge, right. Get those three clubs and a putter. Yeah. Learn to hit them. Because it's most of your primary clubs, right? Well, you need to learn the swing first. You don't... You, you know, you don't need – you can put 14 clubs in your bag, 13 right. plus your putter. Well, nobody knows what to do with fucking 13 <laughs> clubs when they're first getting started. They don't right. have any idea what these clubs do, and right. it's just confusing. You know, learn learn to hit a long iron, a mid iron, and a pitching wedge. Right. Learn to chip and putt. Learn, you know, do the, the stuff around the green. Right. Chip and putt. And, and so if you went – so you go, you can go for 50 bucks. Right. You could go get those four clubs used and a used golf bag. That's for reasonable. another for another 15 bucks, a dozen balls. Right, right. All right. Tees, balls and tees. Right. If you want a glove, you know, <laughs> five ten dollars and 10 bucks get a glove. Right. You need a pair of shorts and a, and a golf shirt. You know, this shirt with a collar. And you right. might already have that. If Probably. not, yeah. you can go over to Walmart. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And pick that up $20 each or whatever. Sure. And you can go to your local public course. You know. Like an executive course or something like that? Yeah, or just a nice public course. Right. Yeah, yeah, local public. And you could probably buy a five-lesson package from the pro there. For no more than $150, maybe even $100, yeah. you know, depending, depending, but at the most $150. Sure. And so that right there will get you started in the game, you know, and start with a professional, like a coach, right. that's showing you the basics, that's showing you how to, how to do the, how to hold the club property, how to swing the club property, how to stand, how to aim. You know, just how to putt, how to chip. Right. You know, just how to do the very basic things. Then you got something to work on 
and, and you're working on, on it the right way, and then you can go out and start kind of playing and having a good time and yeah. enjoying yourself. And, you know, at the beginning, beginning, just play nine holes. You know, don't play 18. Right, right. Just play nine. And like what I would always say is going, after you have swung the club at the ball the eighth time, <laughs> if it's not on the green on that hole, pick it up, Yeah. drive to the green or walk to the green, throw it up there, putt, so you practice your putting, or throw it short of the green and chip one on, sure, yeah, yeah. putt, putt, and then go on. There's no reason to be hitting a golf ball more than 10 times on any hole. Right. Really, not more than eight or nine times. Right. It's not doing you any good. No, no. And you're just slowing up pace of play, and you're beating yourself up. Yeah, you're you know? yourself off. And, and so, you know, things like that uh, that just keep you moving along, enjoying the day. It's beautiful to be out there and outdoors. And, yeah. And then if you play like that, you can play with people. You can go out and play with people who are pretty good, and they're not bummed that you're there. You're not holding them up. You know, you're jamming along. Sure. You know, like Pam, when she first started playing, I told her, tee up all your shots. Yeah. Tee, tee everything up. You just want to hit the ball. And then, you know, you hit a bad one, and you can walk to it quickly, or, you know, walk on it, hit it again, great. But, you know, after that, if you hit the next one bad, just pick it up and bring it to where my ball is. Right, and right. And then we'll drop that down, we'll hit some more, you know. So, it's like if you, if you approach it that way, I think you can get into the game. Because I guarantee you, you go out and play nine holes, you know. And so, you're going to hit that ball as a beginner, you know. You're going to hit that ball between 75 and 90 times. Right. Nine holes. Somewhere in there. All right. But you're going to hit some good ones. Get all psyched up. Yeah, I found the uh, I found the mark and um, sex toys probably anything past that. <laughs> sex toys, where you got them? Oh no. Underwear or something? What is it? Uh, just some. She shipped herself probably. I don't know. Man, that sounded good though. Good uh, audience. Yeah, really good audience. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good audience. They didn't tense up much at all. I was scared they would tense up a little bit, but they they were good. What was the what was the dirtiest he went? Or the most you know, edgy? Um, talking about the vasectomy, talking about shaving the private area. Well, talking about the uh, sex toy stuff too. Yeah. And talk about the pleasure party stuff. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't shut down on me at all. No, I mean, they, that's good. They were pretty good. What did he say? Uh -oh. uh, something about a trailer for it. Uh -huh. That's a good audience. They were very nice. Yeah. There was no dull spots. They didn't they didn't shut down on me for talking about anything adult, but you know. No. 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 Uh, during my set, they were, you know, I mean, I called them two women whores. That's <laughs> about to say. And they loved it. I think I think I think I think you always get a good laugh when people think at least I'm not the whore this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
I think you can get away with calling people whores as long as you say whore from Babylon. Maybe. I think I think that's biblical. Yeah, whores from Babylon. Bro. I know. Bring up scripture. I, I think I, one time somebody came to me after a show and had some lady birthday, and I, she was probably seventy five years old or something. And and I think you know she became the whore, you know, from. Yeah. Some, and then somebody actually took some kind of an offense to that. I go, did you, I go, did you see her? Do you think she yeah. really thinks I think she's a whore? Yeah. Do you think she thinks she's a Do you think anybody in this room? I said, it, I said, good Lord. That, that, that's a, the reason it gets a laugh is because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So fucking stupid, you know, kind of thing. I just well, people me. are stupid, though. How that's could you do that? I got into a, uh, a back and forth with uh, Tom Simmons on Facebook. Yeah. The other day. Yeah. I was talking about how uh, politics is just becoming comedy herpes. I mean, everybody <laughs> just getting just absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I've lost gigs for, for being a conservative. I lost gigs. Yeah. So I don't talk politics with anybody anymore. You know, Why? I'm not I'm not staunch. I'm not mean. I'm not nasty. But, you know, I just I just grow up with that belief. That's where I'm at. And then Tom is, I mean, if you know Tom, he oh, yeah. is absolutely outspoken liberal. And then we were going back and forth uh, about it. And, you know, we both seen each other's point. We both yeah. understand yeah. that there is a time and a place to talk about it. And there's, yeah. I just, it's just always my thought. If you're going to go up there and you're going to push politics, you're going to lose half your room. Well, half your room's not going to like yes. you Yes. You know, well, you know, it's just like in the old days, <laughs> when I'm going back, going back 20, 25 years ago. When a black comet went up and started taking on a race issue, you know, and you know you could you could you could easily alienate half your audience, mm -hmm. if, you know. But the, the brilliant comics, I think, always balance it. They oh, yeah. always balance it. They always go, even though this is the way I feel, I get this side of. It. Oh sure, you, you know what I mean. And that way, if you balance it. You know, then you you there's a way. I mean, good comics can get away with it on both sides. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, because John Lovitz came in, he did a lot of political stuff, and he's a, he's a conservative. Uh, uh, Rob Snyder and Sinbad did some political stuff. They're liberals, mm -hmm. but they both, you know, when they caught a little flack from the audience, on when they went, oh, just hang on, we're going to go to the other side here to oh, second. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. They yeah, go like, it, right? be patient. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody. You know, it's not, everything's not this way or that way. Oh, yeah. you know? How about D.L. Hughley? When he came in, he was very topical and very political. Yes, he was. Yeah. Well, he, he's probably liberal, right? Well, uh, um, you know, he's liberal in a sense, but he's also <clears throat> a born again Christian. So, oh, okay. so you know, so there's he 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 has that side of him too. You know, so I don't know that he's he's about fair, and most of his stuff is racially motivated. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so, you know, the the bit that he did that I was that uh, I was shocked, pleasantly shocked, uh, that it worked so well here. Got a big laugh every night, and only one show did a little pocket of the crowd kind of ooh him a little bit. Yeah, and he didn't even he didn't even acknowledge it. You know, yeah. but uh, and this goes back to I love to see a comic get away with something they shouldn't be able to get away <clears> with. Okay. So here you are in Sarasota, Florida. You know that three quarters of your crowd are Republicans. It's Sarasota. Oh, yeah. That's Sarasota. Yeah. And so he gets up there and he starts. He did a little thing about the Colin Kaepernick thing. He did a little. 
something in the first part of his show, just a little bit about the Colin Kaepernick, the kneeling thing, and you, know, you got to laugh off of it, whatever it was. But he he addressed that. So then he goes, I now he goes, I'm getting asked, I get asked about Michael Jackson. Now that Neverland's come out and it's become obvious that he was a pedophile. Yeah. Uh, he's like, and he goes, he, he qualifies, he, I can't do any of this justice of how DL yeah. did it because it was yeah. hilarious and he just, yeah, better. Uh, <laughs> but um, but he, uh, he talked about how pedophile and he goes, he goes, that's terrible. He goes, but we got to realize there's about a thousand white priests out there that hadn't even been acknowledged right. yet, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're putting bad here, yeah. you know, yeah. equal, equal. Let's put it out there. Well, so I mean, he said, but here was the point. He goes, he said, um, he said, someone asked him, could you still listen to Michael Jackson songs? He goes, yes. Could you stand in public and sing a Michael Jackson song? He goes, yes. Kind of like I could sing the national anthem. And that what when he said that, I expected the audience to really get a big groan out of that. But his timing on it and the way yeah. what was led up to it and the way he hit that, it was so undeniably honest so and real that you sat there and went, Well, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. how do you as a slave, a former slave, da yeah. da da. That was your background, you know. And then, he got to laugh, and then he said, "I'll." He goes, "I'll tell you what. I'll denounce Michael Jackson when you denounce Andrew Jackson. I think that's an even Jackson for Jackson." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because Andrew smart. Jackson was a racist, oh, yeah. well, horrible he, person. Yeah. Horrible, you know, horrible. Horrible. He was horrible not, human not a good guy. Didn't he shoot a guy on the White House uh, a, uh, porch? I believe on the White House lawn. I think he yeah. shot a guy. Shot up. Yeah. A, a slave, a worker, I think. Yeah, something. Some, yeah. He was bad. And he hated uh, Native Americans. He was bad. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, yeah, but but uh, we've talked. I, I I have never, being the host here, and the guy with the comedy club, I have never taken a side politically. Yeah. I've never not have, publicly. Not publicly. Yeah. That's right. And and I've actually, you know, once I got placed to where, you know. You know, a lot of people know me here. You know what I mean? That uh, uh, there was a there's been a couple of points where I've been asked to support a candidate, and I went, I'm just not going to do it publicly. No. You know, Smart I said if you you can go and see what I'm registered as, yeah. you wanna. You know what I mean? I, as far as that goes, you can see I'm a registered Democrat, and most of the time I vote Democrat. Not all the time. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, as a matter of fact. There's a couple of Republicans I would I voted for for years, and I said, you know why I always vote for you guys? Because I have your cell phone number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I have your cell phone number and I've been invited to your house, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like somebody I can just call up and go, yeah. hey, Carl, what are y'all doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's going on? When you got somebody's ear, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care what you are. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, you got to be prepared for that, you know. And uh, that's a thing I, I talked about. I noticed with when Trump first got into office, everything was so polarized uh, and sensitively so that whenever a comic would go into anything political, 
the Republicans would just go, I mean, they'd st get vocal and they'd yeah. start saying, no politics, no politics. I've, I've had to, I've had to shut people up, threaten to kick them out. I go, you can't say what he gets to do on stage. You can leave, yeah. but you don't get to designate what the show is. You know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, because they were so hypersensitive about Trump, you know, I, I felt that in the very beginning when, when watching people was that it's almost like they felt he's, he's the guy we voted in because he's the head of the Republican Party. He's the guy that got there. We're not sure if we really respect him yet, you know what I mean? But he's our guy. Yeah. So we don't want you disrespect. You know, we don't, we, you know, they were so, just so sensitive about it. Voters remorse. Probably. Yes. And, but, you know, I mean, but they, they, they want it just, I heard a guy on NPR, and I've heard this said many times. I heard a guy on NPR the other day call in, and he goes, hey, I got to tell you, man. He goes, do I like the way Donald Trump handles himself? Do I like a lot of the crap he says? Do I like his morals? No, I don't. I don't. He goes, but I can't vote for the Democrats. I can't vote for what they're for. Yeah, so if he's the guy who's the torchbearer yeah. for 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 the Republican Party, I'm kind of, you know, that's where I got to go, and I just kind of hope that, you know, he won't be too much of, of, yeah. a, of too goofy, you know. As I, this time around, if people vote for Trump, they're voting for Trump. The first time around, they were voting for not Hillary. Yes, they weren't voting for Trump. They because Trump ran. If you, uh, you remember, of course oh, you yeah. remember, Trump ran for president before. Yeah, and I, he, I think he even ran on the Democrat ticket. Yeah, I think before. he did. Way and back. You, yeah. you realized that it was just a ruse. He was just taking votes away from somebody else. So when he did it this time around, I didn't take it seriously right up until the end. Right. Right, right. up until the I end. I think right. that that was part of the strategy the whole time is put him. Against Hillary and Hillary for sure. When did you, did you see that leak with the two FBI? Uh, yeah, uh, talking like, what if Trump wins? Like, well, he ain't gonna win. Well, you know, I think well, Howard Stern probably does. hit it on the head early on when he said, "He goes, he's been my friend. I've known him for a long time." He goes, "I don't think." He goes, "I don't think Donald Trump had any inclination to win this election. I don't think he wanted to. I don't think he thought he was going to. I don't think he's going to. I, I, I he was in it. He was in it for the publicity." He was in it, you know, it was a big publicity thing and make him bigger and, you know, make his product better, bigger and his name bigger, you know, and, and he's a showman. He's a great showman and he loves to do it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, he's in, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, well, you, you, you know, see the dog that caught the car by the bumper. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck you do now? <laughs> you know, hang on. <laughs> you know, well, this and, uh, was it got weird. Uh, I just listened to a soundbite where he was talking about directly talking about the military industrial complex. Yeah, which like I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure President hasn't brought that up since Eisenhower. Yeah, verbally, like on record, talk about even say those words, military industrial complex. Right, and he brought it up, and he's talking about. Like he's against it, and he, he's like these these fuckers just want to make more money. They they just they want war, war, war all yeah. day long. Yeah, and he's saying it like I, I was shocked at that. I, and when and, and and of course now now we're on the very edge of walking into another crazy ass conflict. war yeah. that I hope to God we don't walk into. I know. You know, and I tell you what, I did something today. I did it after last night watching the debates, and and 
the news the last few days about the detention centers down there and what's going on with those kids is just abhorrent. And, uh, and I mean, whatever, but good Lord, I mean, don't tell me we can't put people in a situation where they have showers and decent food and yeah. clean clothes. I mean, Jesus, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that's just basic. Uh, you do that at a fucking camp. They're in You know what camps. I mean? And, and, and so, so I, the I, did, I go, now, damn it, I'm sitting here raising hell and I'm not doing anything about it. And this morning I got up. I go, know how easy it is. It is so easy. If anybody wants to do it, any state you live in, you Google search, Google search, who are my representatives, my elected representatives? Boom, it'll come up. It'll come up. What comes up here is a, a, a web page that has Dr. every representative in the state of Florida, okay, and, and your districts, right? <laughs> so you can see very quickly that I have two senators, Scott and Rubio. I have two senators, and I have one representative, which is Byrne Buchanan, here, okay? So I click on their name. It takes me to another page on there that is about them that says, do you want to go to their website? I click on their website, opens up their website, contact me. Hit contact. Do you want to email me? Hit email and then fill it out. Fill out the little form and then you have your message down at the bottom. What do you want to say? And I just wrote in there, I got to say personally that I strongly disagree with what's happening in these detention centers, you know, and whether you, whether you, let's get away from the kids being separated and all that. Let's just take care of them. Let's just do the humane fucking right thing. This is embarrassing. It's yeah. embarrassing. It's yeah. morally against what I believe. You know, you're not even letting church groups go in there and help <clears throat> out. This is bullshit. Get these kids taken care of and safe and comfortable and not freak the fuck out you know and then i wrote in there and do, and unless iran fires a fucking missile at us do not go to war yeah. with those bastards we've already I mean, iraq was criminal that was yeah. a criminal thing that was criminal just yeah. like vietnam <clears throat> vietnam and iraq were fucking criminal well and so anyway but and some people might believe differently, but I go, at least, I go, Jesus Christ, we all sit here and do lip service. I can't tell you how easy it is to write your congressman. And, and from talking to representatives that I've, that I've known, it matters. You does know, it? it does matter. That was my question. Here's the thing is, it's like, and I've heard, that I've, had, I've had representatives tell me this. I'm getting ready to go in and vote on something. And I'm wishy about, washy about it. You know what I mean? I'm not. I could go this way or that way on it, right? He goes. So if that month, or whatever, you know, or maybe even that week, it hit the papers, whatever. And all of a sudden, I just got ten emails from my area that said, "Vote yes, yes, we want you to vote for this." Yes, I got just ten people. He goes. That sways my vote. He goes, let me tell you why. Now, if somebody asks, why did you vote yes on that? You go, because my constituents told me that's what they wanted me to vote for. Yeah. Now I have a reason. Now, he goes, <clears throat> in the flip side of that, if I'm, if I'm, if, can I be swayed? Well, you know, I can believe very strongly one way. But trust me, he goes, if 
several thousand emails come in about doing the other way. He goes, we know that, and they know this. There's behind, they know that every person that takes the time to send the email, there's a, there's a ratio to that. Yeah. They'll go, for every person that sends an email, there's a hundred others that believe that. Uh, yeah, you, right. They just didn't take the time to send the email. So if I got a thousand, that represents a hundred thousand or something like that. Yeah. Radio stations know that with call-ins. Right. Everyone that calls in represents this many people that, you know, there's a whole, there's a, there's, you know, there's numbers behind it. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the thing is, yeah, in, 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 people think it doesn't, but it does. It does. They, you know, when you're a, when you're a congressman, or a senator, and you're sitting there, and you, and you yourself think things should go a certain way, but a huge number of your constituents send you, you know, emails saying, "No, that's not what we want. We want this is what we want." You know, you're sitting there going, "Whoa, you know, that's a big number. That's a big number." And if I go the other way, I'm pissing them off. Yeah. And I have to be prepared for that. I have to think, okay, I better have a good damn reason. Yeah. You know, I better be able to stand up and I better hope that after we make this decision that pissed all them off, that six months from now I can say, look what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw y'all were against it, but I'm just telling you, look how it was better. You know, you better hope it goes that way. You know, yeah. so uh, it, it does matter. And they were saying last night that, and, and, and I think it's, I always like the fact that Obama, a lot, and even when he was running, he kept saying, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. I can't do any of these things. I can't. We can, but if you don't get behind this, if the American people don't stand up in big numbers and say they want social change in some way or another, Trust me, it ain't gonna get done. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah. The money is gonna win out. One side you know? can't do it all. It's, it's there. There's that aisle in the middle is too wide now. Nobody can look. I'm, now I'm conservative, but I'm registered independent. I voted for Clinton both times. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm always for whoever I think can do the job. Right. It's it's. I'm, I'm if if there's a Democrat that I feel is gonna do the job, I'm gonna vote the Democrat. Right. That's that's just. Like that's how I it am. should sure. be anyway. But there's too many people. There's too many people that the one thing that I don't like about politics is everybody puts all their eggs into that basket and none of those eggs are getting broke at all. You know what I'm saying? Because when um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you felt about it. But when all the Solyndra stuff happened with uh, Obama, yeah, that's when I got pissed with him because now we've just lost hundreds of millions of dollars and the government's not going after it. All these companies, they got all of their, their money, their incentive, and then they closed down, and that money's gone. Bush, I, I lost it with Bush when it was just something small. It was an interview, and they were asking him about the war in Iraq, and they were asking him why we were going to war with Iraq, and his answer was because he tried to kill my daddy. Really? That's, that's what yeah. we're going to do? That's we're going great. after that man because he tried Personal to kill Personal vendetta? That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I will not – I won't get behind – nobody's Teflon. No. Nobody's tough. I agree. If, if, if somebody does something wrong, hold them accountable. Right. You know, on the other side of it, we're all going to be better. But right. I mean, right now, and it just in my personal opinion, I go, I would, 
I know it's never been done that an incumbent president has other people's in his party run against him for president. Mm -hmm. But I kind of thought that was going to happen in this case. Yeah. Because John Kasich, who I like a lot, out of Ohio, I think he's a good middle-of-the-road guy. I like a lot of his stuff. Done good things. He's He said months ago that he might do it. And there was another, and I can't remember the guy's name, and I believe he is an ex-senator from Massachusetts who said publicly a while back that he was going to run against Trump as a Republican, you know, that he was going to run for the party nomination. Not that either one of them would have a snowball's chance in hell of getting it, but I think it would be good for the Republican Party to have a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I think. Sure. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, it would I, benefit the Democratic Party for sure if they did. Well, I mean, I think, I think you so. know, whoever's going to get it. I mean, Trump's going to get it anyway. I mean, nobody's going to beat an incumbent, I don't think, yeah, unless he does something. Not. He'd have to do, I mean, he'd something have to do something incredibly crazy. I heard another comic say it. I'm not going to steal this as my idea. It was a, another comic, um, John Mann. Yeah, yeah. That said it. Johnny. And he, um, he, you probably remember his, his dad mostly, Manny Man? Yeah. Remember Manny Absolutely. Man? Absolutely. So, John Mann, we were talking, and he says, You know what we need? He, he asked me, He goes, Did you ever see the movie Brewster's Million? Yeah. I said, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He said, We need somebody to run for vote none of the above. He right. says, Have a comic or somebody run and have everybody vote none of the above. He says, Because by the time you get to an election cycle and we don't have a president, and then that is, that's America speaking. That is America saying we don't like anything that's happening here. Right. Now they've got to put somebody in place. Right. But you know, America has spoke at that point. Something will happen at that point. I bet. That's you. right. That's right. A buddy of mine was in Brewster's Millions. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, well, that's you know, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, his dad was in the State Department, and his dad was a. Uh, his dad was a pallbearer for Robert Kennedy. I mean, that's how strong politically oh, yeah. he was. He was so. He grew up, he grew up in Washington D.C., uh, and he grew up in the middle of that, and back in the '60s and you know, and '50s, '60s, and he said, you know, my dad was. He goes, he had a box, He had ten tickets or twelve tickets to the Washington Redskins. He goes every Sunday, at our house, there was a group of men there, you know, going to the game with my dad. Well, it's all lobbying it's all business it's all done. business it's all politics it's all and he goes you know he goes back then it's always been a good old boy system it's always been there mm -hmm. you, you know just the way it, way it works the skulls it's the way it works <laughs> so he goes but back then it was person to person and he said i'll give you an example he said when they finished the saint lawrence seaway right the they already had it set up that the first ship that was going to go down the St. Lawrence Seaway and dock and get there first was an American merchant ship, you know, da da da. It was going to, going to dock in Chicago, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Or wherever it is at the end. I think it is Chicago, isn't it? St. Lawrence Seaway. But anyway, it was going to dock there. Somehow, a Russian uh, uh, merchant ship, you know, got ahead of it and was coming in and it was going to get in first. And so, Mayor, uh, uh, so uh, whoever was in charge of making sure that American ship got there first called his dad, who was in a position of power to 
that he could call and go, what can we do about this? And he goes, no problem. And he called Mayor Daly in Chicago. And he said, you need to stop that Russian ship before it gets all the way in so the American ship can pass. He goes, that's no problem. We have to inspect that ship. <laughs> and so he just sent the Coast Guard out there, stopped the ship for wow. a routine inspection. You know, we've got, we have word that you have illegal vegetables on here or whatever. <laughs> stopped it just long enough for the other ship to pass by. As soon as it did, they let him go. That's a mob move right and now. He goes, yeah, that's and a he mob go, move. And he whatever. goes, so he goes, but that's how things were done. He goes, now it's corporation to corporation. He goes, now it ain't person to person. He goes, now it's big corporations to big corporations. And, uh, yeah, Flanagan. And uh, he, goes, that, he goes, that I really distrust. Because it, you lose, before it was at least personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. person to person. Yeah. He goes, now it's entities to entities, oh, yeah. you know. Was what, so his thing was, then, yeah. he, <laughs> said, he told me, he goes, he goes, so I quit voting. I, got, I was so disgusted with it all. He goes, I just quit voting. Jeez. And when I told a friend of mine, he said, I told a friend of mine I quit voting. He goes, he goes, hey, man, you can't do that. Too many mm. people died for your right to vote. And you know some of them. You know, in Vietnam, wherever. Anybody that went to war. Yeah. Bad war, good war, whatever. Soldiers are just doing their job. You know, he said, he said, he goes, you're exactly right. He goes, so I vote everything, and I vote for myself. I write in my own name. So all I'm saying is, I voted. Me, Les McCurdy, <laughs> voted. Yeah. I showed up. Yeah. I took the time. I yeah. took the concern to vote, and I took the time to let you know I stood here and couldn't vote for anybody. You know, yeah, that's, that's how bad. And that's that's your none of the above, right? Yeah. It's kind of your same thing. Mm -hmm. Where are you going? You don't want to join the podcast? I mean, you sit right here. We need new no. blood. No. You fill time very well. Well, I know that, but, but I know that, but they need, they need your, your fresh point of view, Pam. Yeah, you're my little Oh yeah, we're, we're talking politics. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go get a fresh beer. Oh yeah.